Hey, Cinefans. Well, today we are doing something a little different here for Cinema Slayers. This is Justin Taylor, and only Justin Taylor this time, your resident wrestler, yes, sir. The pro wrestling extraordinaire of Cinema Slayers, and it's just going to be me today. And it's just a kind of a little one-man show, just something that we're experimenting with. And I am going to be giving my likes, my dislikes, and everything in between for Batman versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes, it has come to this. Uh, a crossover that, honestly, I didn't even know that I wanted. But I guess the question is, is, is it the crossover that I actually need it? And just to give some background on this whole thing, uh, really, this was an unplanned sort of thing. The stars just kind of aligned for me watching this movie. I just happened to be at a friend's house and he was like, hey, I was thinking about checking out that Batman versus Ninja Turtles. Are you down to watch it? And I'm not going to lie, Cinefans. At first, I was a little hesitant just because I honestly had no plans to watch this movie. Like, I knew that it had come out. I knew I had been seeing some buzz on Facebook and everything. And I knew that there was this fight between Shredder and, um, between Shredder and Batman that was kind of making the rounds. And I knew that people were kind of saying that they liked it. I knew it kind of had a positive reception. I hadn't seen the fight myself, but speaking of that, my friend actually brought that up. He was like, hey, man, I saw that Shredder versus um, uh, that that Shredder versus Batman fight on the on my Twitter or my or my social media or whatever and man I really like the fight I wanted to check this out so I was wondering if you'd be down to watch it so I was like eh, okay you know why not you know, why not give this thing a try and I think maybe one of the reasons why I was so apprehensive is that if anybody doesn't know out there I'm a huge Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan and of course I mean I'm a Batman fan but I mean who isn't a Batman fan but when it comes to Ninja Turtles they hold a special place in my heart I mean growing up I just loved the old cartoon that used to come out Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles I mean who didn't like that growing up and I was obsessed with the toys like I had all four of the turtles. I had the big miniature Technodrome that came out. I mean, I, I remember when they did these turtles that had kind of like a little electronics in them, so they did special things. And I had this swimming Donatello, so you could sit in the tub and he was holding on to some sort of floaty device thing. And when you activated the button, his feet would kind of move and he would kind of, you know, pedal himself in the water. And that was kind of cool. I had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle plush figures. Uh, and if you haven't listened to our Nostalgia Cinema Slayers podcast, I even tried to eat a pepperoni and marshmallow pizza once. So I won't spoil that story here. I'm going to make you have to go and listen to that 
uh, Nostalgia Cinema Slayers podcast to get the full story on that. But uh, let's just say things didn't quite end well. So needless to say, I'm a huge fan of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but my memory on them had been soured because the last known cinematic memory I had of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was the first a reboot film that came out a few years ago and I believe Michael Bay was a producer on it and it was supposed to be this big huge reboot of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and I'm not gonna lie to you guys out there I saw that movie and I was so pissed by the time I walked out of the theater I absolutely hated it it seemed like Trans, uh, Transformers type movie. It totally, you could just feel the Michael Bay on the movie. Shredder transformed in what seemed like a, almost a, a Megatron Shredder amalgamation. I just absolutely hated that film. I just hated everything about it. I really, really did. And Megan Fox was just a terrible April O'Neil. I, I, I just hated everything about it. Uh, now, I did hear that the sequel, the, the second movie was a little bit better. And the fact that Rocksteady and Bebop were in it, which are like two iconic mutated monsters, a rhino and a big like pig from the Ninja Turtle cartoon. They actually were in that second movie and that all, and that alone almost got me to see it. Plus, I believe WWE superstar Sheamus was one of the characters and that almost got me to see it. But I just hated the first movie so much. I just couldn't move myself to see that. I didn't want to tarnish my memories of the Ninja Turtles anymore. So if some out there saw the second movie you can let me know how that was perhaps maybe I'm jumping the gun on that maybe I should watch that I don't know so going into this movie I just didn't want to see something that was going to further diminish my memories and my fandom of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles plus like I said is this a crossover that anyone wanted. I mean, unless you're Death Battle or some YouTube personality whose job it is to come up with these fantasy versus battles, who was asking for this? Like, is anybody ever sitting there and ask themselves, what happens if Raphael has a heart to heart with Batman? And he's talking about the fact that, look, man, I understand you. I understand what it's like to be a loner and want to fix things yourself and think that you need to handle everything yourself. What happens? Who wins that conversation? What happens if that conversation takes place? Did anybody ever ask what happens if Leonardo faces off with Ra's al Ghul one on one? Did anybody ever sit there and go, what happens if you take some of that TCRI mutagen, the ooze from Ninja Turtles lore, and that somehow gets spilled into Arkham Asylum? So you got all these Arkham inmates that become mutated because of the Ninja Turtles mutagen. Who's asking these questions? Who's asking if what happens if Shredder runs into Batman? Who wins that fight one-on-one? -on -one? Well, this movie answers all those questions. And it not only answers these questions, but it does it in such a great 
most pleasing, most satisfying way that I just left this film with just the biggest smile on my face. And I am so happy that the stars aligned and I got to see this movie. So just to quickly go over some of the likes that I had of this film. I mean, first of all, uh, I, I didn't have a much of a problem with the look of this film. I thought that the animation was pretty solid and this is pretty, and this is pretty much probably should be expected because this is a DC animated film with kind of the Ninja Turtles making a guest appearance. And if you know anything about DC's animated films, if you're talking Marvel versus DC with respect to the animated films and the movies and the features, DC definitely has that on lock. It is no comparison. As much as a Marvel fanboy as I can be, even I have to admit that DC has the animated features on lock. Whether you're talking about the iconic Batman the Animated Series, the Justice League animated cartoon, the Superman animated cartoon, uh, the Batman, Batman Beyond, or even just some of the animated movies that over the years I've just come to love. Who I can't say enough about Batman Mask of the Phantasm, but there are other great ones. The name escapes me, but it's the one where Batman kind of uh, had everybody's powers in this database and a villain gets a hold of this database and starts using all of the Justice League's weaknesses against them because they access Batman's database and his um, and his files that he has with all of the weakness of his Justice League counterparts. It's a great animated movie. Uh, another personal favorite of mine is Batman Under the Red Hood, which was so fantastic, was so wonderful, really just probably one of my best comic animated movies that I've ever seen. I just absolutely enjoyed that film. So within that same spirit, the animation is good here. I thought the animation is respectable. Um, of course, Batman shows up here in all of his splendor and the Ninja Turtles. It's interesting seeing them with this art style. Uh, some of it I liked and some of it I didn't like. I guess I'll keep the dislikes in for later. But for the most part, I enjoyed this. And speaking of interacting with Batman, um, I can't say enough about just how this narrative respected every single character. Things that you would expect characters to say and do in this situation, that is exactly what they say and do in this situation. And of course, this is going to have spoilers, so if you're kind of that person, this might be the time to brace yourself. But, um, so 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, here come the spoilers. But everything I could ask for as a fan, I got in some shape or form. There's a part where the turtles uh, stumble upon the Batmobile. And of course, Michelangelo is totally marking out just being a fanboy, just excited and ecstatic when he sees the Batmobile and he just thinks it's the coolest thing ever because of course Michelangelo would think that the Batmobile is cool and all I could think is in my head is you know what would be cool if the turtle van makes an appearance and of course I got the turtle van but not only did I get the turtle van but I got a Batmobile turtle van foot soldiers car chase mashup that 
was just beautiful to look at and it was just wonderful. Everything from the pizza throwing manhole covers that the that that the turtle van has in its arsenal um was there and that was just a delight to behold i really enjoyed that batman of course batman not being as prepared for shredder the first time around but then being more prepared for shredder the second time that they come around when they have the rematch perfect as far as Batman is concerned, Leonardo being doused with Scarecrow's fear toxin and having to rely on his focus and his determination to be able to overcome the fear toxin. Perfect. Uh, like I alluded to earlier, Raphael having a heart to heart with Batman because Batman thinks that the Ninja Turtles are too reckless in battle and they can't follow orders. Of course, Batman would arrive to this conclusion early. Of course, Batman would say this and Raphael reasoning with him because they are both kind of similar in attitudes and the way they carry themselves as loners. Perfect. Um, the 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 fact that Shredder and Rachel Ghoul come to this deal, where Rachel Ghoul sees an opportunity to use Joker's kind of laughing serum or whatever, and mix that with the TCRI Ninja Turtles ooze mutagen to kind of wreak havoc on Gotham City, and of course for his reasons, and of course Shredder wanting in on the deal so that he can have access to the Lazarus Pit. So of course Shredder wants to live forever and everything like that. As greedy as he is, perfect. I mean, I just can't I mean, there's a part in the in the Batcave where of course Leonardo and Batman are sparring with each other and there's a part where, of course, uh, Leo gets the better of Batman on some exchanges, but of course he doesn't beat Batman. But Batman even says to him, hey, man, when I kicked your you and your brother's asses earlier in the movie, where was all this fight? Where was all this focus then? And of course, Leo doesn't quite have an answer for him because we as fans know that Leo's focus bounces in and out and different things like that. And he often has to find that motivation to really get that full potential Leo and Batman gives him a nod and says bro if you were able to focus and really focus your skills and your determination you are one of the best fighters I've ever come up against so Batman giving the nod to Leo perfect so of course there are other great surprises in here i alluded to the ooze and the mutagen uh coming into contact with some of our arkham asylum uh inmates so to speak so you get to see bane what a mutated bane looks like what a mutated ivy looks like what a mutated harley quinn looks like what a mutated joker looks like um, and, and of course, these make for some interesting things in the narrative. It was nice to see all those people there. And there were so many just great callbacks and great nods to the uh, to the Ninja Turtles lore and the Batman lore that we know and love. Some that actually stand out in this movie. There was a calendar displayed in the turtle van and so you're you're so donatello's driving along and you see this calendar in the background 
um, in the turtle van. And of course, the month that's displayed on this calendar is April. So that was a nice nod to April O'Neil, even though she doesn't make an appearance in this movie because the movie does take place in Gotham City. Probably should have said that at the beginning. Uh, bear with me. This is kind of experimental right now. But yeah, that's where this plot is. So everything comes to Gotham City because uh, when Ra's al Ghul finds out about this mutagen, he summons Shredder or leads Shredder to uh, Gotham City because that's where we're going to do the stuff with the ooze and the mutagen. And of course, the ninja turtles have been tracking shredder and his foot clan so that brings brings them to gotham city so that's where you essentially have all this conflict and stuff like that and as far as the overall story goes you probably know where this is going you know that initially the turtles meet up with batman and of course they're enemies because they don't know each other you know that of course there's confusion about who are the good guys is are the turtles the good guys um, who is the Foot Clan? Are they with the Foot Clan? Are they with Ra's al Ghul? So there's all these initial kind of hurdles that you see coming that our heroes have to overcome. And that leads to kind of some impromptu fights and battles and stuff like that. And ultimately, our heroes wind up teaming up together to fight the villains. So you kind of know how this goes. You know where we are with this if you've seen those types of things before so you kind of know where this is going and that's okay with me because sometimes the point of these types of films is really fan service and just giving the fans something that will be pleasing even if i know what's going to happen i'm okay getting what I expect if it's done in a very fan servicing sort of way. And that's what made Avengers Endgame so good because they paid off some things and there was some fan service in that, 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 even if you saw it coming, you just appreciated seeing it on the screen. And that's literally what this is. So I can't say enough about all of the fan service that this tried to give you. There's another great bit in here that's just great fan service. I talked about the cartoon growing up that came out in the late, um, it maybe early 90s up to mid, late 90s. Well, there's a nice callback to it where Michelangelo and Donatello are having a conversation. And Donatello at the time is in a compromising position. So he can't work this machine, this generator, this thing that's supposed to spread the ooze and Joker's toxin. It kind of mixed it together. So it's like this evil, crazy cocktail. And it's going to spread this shit all over the city. So of course, Don is in a compromising position. So he can't activate or do anything himself. And he's trying to talk to Michelangelo and tell him what to do and of course Michelangelo is confused as hell and he's like hey uh Donatello, he's like, bro, uh, I don't know what to do here, man. You know that you do machines and I'm a party dude. And I just couldn't help with that line to have a smile on that my face because that is just such a great callback to the old song in that in that turtles 
cartoon in the early 90s. Leonardo leads, Donatello does machines. Raphael is cool but rude. Michelangelo is a party dude. So hey, even that got a little callback. So that just put a smile on my face and I couldn't help but chuckle with glee whenever they referenced that song. Um, and and um, and just to talk about a few of the dislikes in this film, I alluded to the animation a little bit. I'm not 100% sure that I liked how all of the Ninja Turtles looked. Some of them looked okay, but Donatello in particular, like they tried to give them, I guess, different kind of head shapes and body types to kind of differentiate them. And Donatello kind of had this ovalish head and it was kind of thinnish, I guess. And I don't know, I'm kind of used to their heads being more rounded them looking more turtle like so I was kind of like yeah I don't know if I like the way this looks but overall I dealt with it and uh, the their, their looks uh, their general look and animation grew on me as things went along uh, there are of course with this being an animated cartoon and of course in this mixing two totally unrelated universes there are some storyline and plot elements that are conveniently kind of placed in so that we can have certain characters in uh, the ooze and the mutating of our different Arkham Asylum inmates lead to some weird kind of mutations that I didn't understand. Uh, it was always my understanding, and this is where I guess I could benefit from having another colleague on, but it was always my understanding that with the ooze, you have to mix an animal with a human in order to get these sort of mutated amalgamations of things. So in order to get like a rock stand so to speak. You needed a rhinoceros and a human and once you mixed them both with the mutagen they would combine and you get this humanoid rhino type of thing which is Rocksteady in the Ninja Turtles. Well in this movie things are done a little bit different because they just sort of douse our Arkham inmates with the mutagen and they just become things like uh, Mr. Freeze becomes a polar bear and I'm like, well, why a polar bear? Uh, <laughs> you know, why not a, a walrus or why not a, you know, it was just kind of weird that he just becomes a polar bear, which I get it. Ice, Arctic, uh, polar bear, somebody who lives in the ice. Okay. I get that. But why? Like, why did he become a polar bear? Joker becomes a snake. Okay, uh, 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 a cobra to be more exact. And even though it looked kind of cool, it does make you wonder, well, why is he a snake? I just don't think snake when I think of the Joker. Uh, you know, I don't really think of him. Joker definitely can be methodical. He definitely can kind of be a hunter or a predator-ish, I guess. But a cobra snake? Eh, that was a little jarring to me. So some of these mutations didn't make sense. Some of them did, though. Poison Ivy, giant mutated plant-type human. Perfect for Poison Ivy. And there's a hilarious bit with mutated Poison Ivy where she interacts with Robin and um, <laughs> with Robin and I believe Raph and Michelangelo. And that's a hilarious bit. They do a hilarious job with her and her mutation. And it's just kind of played for last, but I appreciated it. But yeah, just those were just some of the jarring things about it that 
just didn't quite uh, make sense uh, or anything like that. Or, you know, you got sometimes there are heroes that are just listening in on the villains or they just happen to be where the villains are or happen to know where the villains are. There's a part where Robin, young Robin, is listening in on Shredder and Rachel Ghoul having a conversation and he's just happens to be there, listens in and goes back and kind of tells Batman and the others, hey, I know who's behind this and I know who's uh, who Shredder is teaming up with. So there are things like that where you're like, well, how did he know where to be? How did he track them? Uh, how did he know uh, that that's where they were going to be? So there are a few story elements like that where if you pick this thing apart, uh, you know, you can definitely find some things. But none of these things, in my opinion, were deal breakers. None of these things were things that I felt like ruined the movie for me or made me roll my eyes and go, okay, that was just stupid. Nothing like that in this film. So overall, I was very satisfied with the narrative that they gave me. And I just love that they weren't afraid to give you the fan service. And I can't harp on that enough because let's just go ahead and, uh, you know, talk about one of the uh, elephants in the room. Um, you know, and speaking of elephants, you know, Cersei Lannister wanted some elephants. So I guess this is a great tie in. But let's just say with Game of Thrones, one of the things that Game of Thrones kind of had that painful ending of a season is because one of the complaints was there wasn't enough fan service. There just wasn't enough of giving the fans those things that make them smile. Even if they are expected things, even if they are things that maybe you can see coming a mile away, one of the complaints about that is that there wasn't enough fan service. And this film was not afraid in any way to give you that. Everything that I wanted from my characters was in here. And when I say that, I really mean that. Michelangelo having these funny comedic bits or coming up with these lines and, and him about to say this corny one-liner and everybody going and all the other turtles going, don't say it, Mikey, just don't do it. And then, of course, he finishes the line. It's not funny. And everybody just sits there like, oh, my God, I can't believe he said that. Just great stuff between the brothers turtle in this movie. Batman being a detective, not jumping to conclusions, um, uh, fighting people to feel them out, first of all, not fighting them to kill them, learning from his mistakes and being a better fighter uh, in rematches the next time. All great stuff. Perfect when you think about a narrative. All the things that that needed to be in there for Batman were in there. Um, the and then at the end of the movie, the way that it culminates, I think it's just great where you don't get the predictable matchups that you think you're going to get because you'd imagine when it comes down to the end of this movie, you're going to kind of get this thing where they partition off battles. And of course, the Ninja Turtles have to have that fight with Shredder and, and Batman has to face off with Ra's al Ghul. I loved how they switched things here and it was actually Batman wanting that rematch with the Shredder, wanting to get the Shredder back before what happened. And then you had Leonardo coming face to face with Rachel Ghoul. Rachel Ghoul disarming um, him and getting rid of one of Leo's katanas. So Leo has to focus. He has to kind of focus with his one katana. He has to remember the lessons.
lessons that he kind of learned from his encounters with Batman. And he fights Ra's al Ghul, one sword versus one katana badass just great fan service and of course batman is better prepared uses all of his tools uses all of his utilities at his disposal in the second fight with shredder all of this just happened to be satisfying and of course when we arrive to the end of the film which is just beautiful in my opinion when we arrive to the end of the film um, and Shredder falls into like this vat of chemicals. The first thing, of course, if you're a, a Ninja Turtles fan out there, the, of course you know, the first thing that pops in my head is, are we going to see Super Shredder? And my eyes got so big, and for a moment, I just became a kid again. And I was like, are we going to get Super Shredder? Is it going to be Super Shredder? And of course, the then the film cuts, and we go to the resolution, and there's just this really nice moment where Batman lightens up a bit and the turtles are about to leave and he goes wait before you leave and he moves his cape out of the way and there's pizzas and he goes it's pizza time in the dark brooding Batman voice and it was just a very touching moment and just kind of showed that the turtles kind of grew on him and so he lightened up for a bit and kind of gave them of course something that they love and everybody's a Batgirl and Robin and everybody's eating pizza together and it's a nice feel good moment put a smile on my face and then you get to the end credit scene and my God, the end credit scenes are almost worth um, watching this alone because if you were a Batman comic reader, if you were familiar with the old school Ninja Turtles comics, they do these great amalgamations and these great mixes and mix-ups of like these classic detective comic and Batman and Robin uh, Batman comic book covers and they mix them with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and I'm not talking about like these are the covers from that that the actual artists did famous artists like Jim Lee there was a Jim Lee comic in there uh, that I noticed and they and he kind of mixed in his artwork and there was Leonardo was on the front of it too with Batman and it just looked so awesome there was a retro Ninja Turtles comic book cover they even had some of those in there and this was one of my favorites in the end credits like it's that retro Ninja Turtles where it was like red and black and the turtles looked all gritty and noirish and they had no pupils and the, the title of it was Raphael meets Nightwing and Raphael's hiding behind one corner and he looks all cool and noirish and then you've got Nightwing on the other side and they kind of made him look all like cool and noirish and I think he was even kind of smoking a cigarette which is weird but I get it in the style and the context of those Ninja Turtle artwork covers it was perfect that was one of my personal favorites there was one in there I recognized which was a famous Nightfall cover where the the storyline that outlines Bane breaking Batman's back I noticed there was a cover there and there was a turtle and I think Donatello or Michelangelo was in it and it was Batman in a pose and them in a pose in that same original artwork from the comic books and these weren't just a handful of things it wasn't like okay we'll do a few and get the hell out of here 
throughout the entire ending credits is just nothing but treat after treat of these classic comic book covers for Batman and Ninja Turtles mixed together and it was just wonderful and at the end of the movie there is a scene after the credits and I said I wanted Super Shredder and of course we go back to the vat of chemicals and who emerges out of the vat of chemicals Super Shredder Bravo, bravo DC Animated for this. Thank you for such fan service. Everything that I wanted to get, I got, and then some. This, in closing, was the crossover that I didn't even know I wanted. But this is the crossover that I so needed. I am so happy that now the my lasting cinematic impression on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is now this. And it's not some of those Michael Bay produced reboot movies that came out a few years back. I am so happy that I, to see something that nailed the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, that nailed Batman, and found a way to mix all of these elements that you normally just don't think would mix together, found a way to mix all of these elements in uh, in in two very unlikely universes and do it in such a pleasing and such a satisfying way. So with that being said, I think it goes without saying that I definitely recommend this. If you are a fan of the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, if you're a fan of Batman, you got to see this. You've got to make this a part of what you view. And, it, and, and just keep in mind that this is a DC animated movie. They don't make too many mistakes when it comes to DC animated. And this is definitely not a mistake. This is a knockout of the park. This is definitely a home run. I am going to give this 85. 85. Uh, <laughs> um, man, I got to make this good. I got to make this good. 85 iconic classic Batman comic book covers with Ninja Turtles making guest appearances all over the artwork out of 100. This is solid, guys. Batman versus Ninja Turtles. Go check it out. You will not be disappointed. And that's going to wrap it up for this rendition of Cinema Slayers, or should I say maybe this one-man show of Cinema Slayers. So definitely let us know what you thought about this. Let me know what you thought about Batman versus Ninja Turtles. And don't forget to check us out at cinemaslayers.com for our website, cinema underscore slayers for our Twitter and our Instagram. And remember, we're on all forms of media. So whether you're talking about iTunes or SoundCloud, we can be found there. So please leave us a review, a positive one, I hope, and just let us know what you're thinking out there. Go to our Cinema Slayers like page on Facebook and comment and let us know what you're thinking about all these movies. And please stay tuned and keep listening for more great content from all of us at Cinema Slayers. <laughs> <laughs>